Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. My name is Cody Sizemore, and I'm one of the co-hosts of this show, and I'm also uh, blessed with the appearance of <laughs> my lovely co-host, Maria Casillas. Maria, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Blessed, huh? That's a strong word today. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm blessed and not stressed. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you, Cody. Happy to be here Good. with you today. Good, good. Well, before we get started, um, you know, I just wanted to take a moment to say that uh, there's a few things uh, that, you know, you guys as listeners that we would really appreciate for you to do. Um, if you guys have been listening to this for a long time, um, you know, we're talking to you. If it's your first time listening, don't feel any pressure. Um, you know, this is just an invitation overall, but we would love it. If you could, um, you know, leave a rating of our of our podcast, uh, that really helps us just reach more people, um, or a review, that would be great. And if you haven't yet, you know, we, we do have that Facebook group, um, New Money Habits Financial Coaches, uh, and we would love to see you there too. We are able to connect with a lot of coaches in there, um, you know, whether it be through a post, through a comment thread, or even just through, you know, Facebook Messenger. Um, we're able to talk to people and, you know, talk to them about certain things that they're struggling with, certain things that they that they have wins about, um, and really learn from each other and also talk about some of the topics on this show too. So, you know, just plug it into that community and, you know, help and boost this show. We would really, really appreciate that. And we'd love to see you there. So with that being said, uh, we have a topic to talk to you about today. And the topic that we're going to talk about it's something we've talked about before in the past, um, but I think it's just a new approach and a new perspective on things. And, um, you know, we talked about this before because I feel that for myself and Maria, um, we both really value this topic. And that topic is talking about your values and your clients' values. Um, you know, I think that if you're able to coach in a way that really does allow your clients to live into their values and be more aligned with their values and not just be so hyper-focused on the results, the results, the results all the time, um, that they're actually going to get better results and more sustainable results too. So that's what we want to talk about today. So Maria, take it away. What you got? <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to just share a little bit about some of the value audits that I do with individuals. And you guys are more than welcome to take this, tweak it, you know, play around with it, uh, try it out yourself. In fact, I have not like actually created this to be perfect yet. Uh, you know, we're always learning. I never, I never really intend to get this to be perfect. Uh, but I'm actually still in the trial phases. I, I'm using it with lots of different people, seeing like what really sticks for people, what makes their eyes kind of raise a little bit. Uh, you know, what kind of reactions do I get? And then I'm just kind of taking notes on all of that so that I can create something that I have more of a standard form moving forward. But rather than waiting for all of that to be be done, 
I just thought it would be kind of neat to share this with our audience today uh, so that you guys can just kind of see what are some of the little tricks that I'm using so I can try to get into the heads of my clients and figure out what those values really are. I think so many times we talk about aligning our spending plans with our values, but we don't even take the time to figure out what those values are for individuals. I will also say I can't tell you how many times I've asked somebody just flat out whether they're a client or not. Sometimes I I think I mentioned on here once that I put a Facebook post out asking for, you know, what are their what do they value the most or what are their top values, I think I said. And said they started telling me what they valued the most. And it was things like family and friends and, you know, um, their home and things like that. And so I think in especially I don't know if it's just our society right now, like how people speak, uh, but people don't really understand the idea of values being things like, you know, growth and service and integrity. Those are not the things that come to mind for them. It's more along the lines of, again, things of value. So I played around, first of all, with the question that we brought up a couple weeks ago. And it was in that episode, Cody, where we were talking about the post that you put out about the just curious. And mm-hmm. you mentioned that there were, you got a lot of uh, feedback with that. And it was the just curious, what would you do? I'm sure I'm paraphrasing right now. What would you do if you came into $5,000? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love the question. And I think the reason I love the question, and I mentioned this on that episode, is because it kind of gives you a hint at what their priorities are. So I thought, well, if I can help figure out what their priorities are, I can also get to some of those values. And so what I've been doing with potential clients and clients alike is kind of saying, okay, I'm going to just have you do, now FYI, I do, when I do this with singles, I just have them write it down. When I do this with couples in person, I'm able to have them kind of shift their chair and they can't see what the other person's writing. And I do it with the um, like the whiteboard behind me. If you are on Zoom, it's a little bit difficult. So um, I actually did this recently with a couple on Zoom. And it was pretty simple. I just said, I want each of you to have a piece of paper and a pencil. And then I had a piece of paper and pencil and I folded it in half so that I could write her name on one side and his name on the other side. So I was actually keeping notes for them so they could see side by side what their responses were. This is an important piece of this because you want to be able to give them feedback on what you're hearing, what you're seeing, some of the common threads, etc. And I didn't want them to feel like they had to see that in the moment. I wanted them to not compare answers in the moment. Right. You are a married person, so you understand why I would want that, right? We don't, mm-hmm. we, we want to see like what would their answers be if they weren't looking at each other's paper. So, you I mean, you can play around with it, you know, banter a little bit, let them know, you know, we don't need any cheating here, you guys, you know, just keep your eyes on your own paper and just, it, it was kind of fun. So anyway, they pull out the piece of paper and I have them write down, if you were to uh, just receive $5,000 out of nowhere today, what would you do with it? Now, they went ahead and each of them wrote down their answers. And then I asked them to draw a line underneath that. And then I asked them the question again. I said, if you were to get an additional $5,000 today, what would you do with that? And it was Mm. funny. Like, yeah, some of them were like 10,000. 
so far. Yep. You got okay. it. And, uh, and so then they wrote down what they did with that. And I said, okay, I'd like you to draw a line underneath that. And then I did that for one final time. So I, I did a total of $15,000. Now, for those of you who are listening going, why didn't you just ask them what they would do with $15,000? Cody, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> I think <laughs> your, I think that your goal is to get them to, you know, think about like what they would do with that amount of money. Um, but the amount of money isn't like this, like, you know, a massive amount. It's, it's a decent chunk. So mm-hmm. it can do, they can do something with it, but it's not going to, you know, quote unquote, solve all their problems kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 15,000, it may solve a lot of problems for people, but if they're thinking, uh, you know, on a smaller scale of 5,000, that could, that could either solve some problems or it could help some, but it wouldn't actually like get the job done yeah. more than likely. Right. Yes. Um, so, you know, you're, you're almost taking it as like, you know, we're not going to go from A to Z. We're just going to go from like A to J at first, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really good insight. And that is definitely why I wanted to start with $5,000 rather than 15. There was another reason for that psychologically. Do you have any guesses as to what that might be? Hmm. Um, I, I know don't. I totally just put you I on don't. the spot. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So it's really just to get over some of the, um, the screening that they're doing in their minds. So, you know, we oftentimes are like, Oh, I, I think I should do this, but I'm not really sure. So I'm going to write this instead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they're doing some of that just at a subconscious level. And so if we go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper, not only do they know that I went deeper once, right? So they weren't expecting that, but the second time they might've expected it. Now how they don't know how many times I'm going to keep doing, going down like, five more, five more. So it really just starts to have them solidify some things. And then um, there were a couple times where this was an unintended consequence, but I'm so glad that it happened. This particular person uh, wrote the same thing for the first two things of each of those 5,000. So for example, uh, I said for the first 5,000, and she said, I would tithe the first 10%, save the next $500, and then the remaining I would do X, Y, Z. Okay, fantastic. So when she read me the second one, she said, I would tithe the first 10%, I would save the next $500, which is another 10%, And then I would do X, Y, Z, but it was a totally different thing than the first one, right? And then the Mm -hmm. third thing, she had the first two exactly the same, but her third answer was different. So what that did for me was a couple things. One, it let me see that she was thinking in terms of percentages, which was really helpful because sometimes people do, sometimes people don't. It also let me see what are her actual top priorities beyond just the tithing and the saving. That was important Mm -hmm. for me to see. Had I not gone deeper, I would have only heard one. So that was important. The other thing that really, really was great was that it let me see that she just naturally pays herself first. She makes sure that she tithes and then she makes sure that she saves. And those are the things that whether she's doing it or not, 
those are the things that she wants to be able to do. So that gives me the ability moving on in a relationship to be able to talk to them about how do you make sure that you are tithing and giving yourself 10% right off the top? How do we work that right into your spending and savings and investing plans? And I have that permission from her because she said that that's what she would do with the first five, 10, $15,000. Her mm-hmm. husband had completely different answers. And that was really fun because it was like, first he said, I would do this. I don't want to give all of their information away. So he said, I would do this with my first one. And then the second one was, I'm going to pay towards kids college. And then the third one went back to the first. So it allowed me to see like at what point where, what has the most give for him? What is the highest priorities for him? And then they got to see those things together. So that was really cool. Okay. So moving along, the next question that I asked them was to please list for me their top five values. Now I did not give any information. I left it just at that. Just just give me your top five values. And each of them had to write those down separately. Okay. Then I went and found out from them, um, what are their top priorities? And they looked at me and they said, well, didn't we just give you those? (laughs) So I thought that was really telling because they believe that their priorities are the same thing as their values. And that is kind of true. But it also told me that they did not write down things like integrity and faith and things like that. They were probably writing down their priorities for their values. Um, So I just had them write down whatever came to mind for them. I then asked them to rate what the difficulty was in identifying their values versus their priorities. I wanted to find out on a scale of zero to 10, zero being it was super, super easy. 10 was super difficult. How difficult was it for you to be able to do that, to distinguish between those two different things? So I can get an idea of like what kind of vocab they have. So when we are talking with our individuals, a lot of times we use vocab that that's totally either foreign to them or it has a completely different meaning for them. And we have to be careful with that. You're with me? Yes. Okay. I do have one question. I hope you ask it. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think that you would still get the same result or possibly get a better result or a worse result if you were to ask them about what their top priorities are first and then ask them about what their top values are? That's a really good question. I don't know. I can put that into the make and figure it out. You know, when I'm trying this out with different people and I encourage you to try that too. So, um, yeah, my only I, thinking is if, if yeah. you were to do it in that order, then, you know, they would list their priorities uh-huh. and then, you know, when you ask them the values question, they might ask you the same, the same thing. They might be like, well, isn't that what we just did? And you, and you can just say, I don't know, like, what do you think? And then mm-hmm. that might give them a, a better idea as to like what values actually mean to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, mean? that, I do. That's a really good idea. And uh, one that I can certainly start implementing. I will tell you that when we go through what their answers were, I skipped over this on purpose, but I will get, I'll come back to it. Um, I actually have what I have 
written down here as values 2.0. And what that means to me is that I actually read them a, a random sampling of different types of values. And then they have the aha moment. They're like, oh, that kind of values. And then I have them list their top five again. So, okay. so that is something that we do address, uh, but I have not thought about doing those switched in that switched order. So uh, that's certainly something I could look into. Thank you for asking that. Mm -hmm. um, and I will tell you what some of the stuff that they said in just a minute when we go back over this. Uh, but then the final question that I have them do, because we don't do any comparison at this point yet. The final question that I have them do is um, I list for them. And I know that I'm a little bit different. I'm a bit of a maverick sometimes, but I think I've mentioned to you before that I do different categories. So when we're talking about, you know, just... I don't want to just talk about housing and transportation and all that stuff. I actually start having them think about things in terms of essentials, indulgences, making memories, paying it forward, and legacy investments. And I give them the, kind of like a small definition of each one of those. And then I just ask them to decide if without looking at anything, they're not looking at statements, they're not looking at anything. But if you had to guess what percentage of your current spending, saving, and investing, would you say goes to each of these five categories? I can't tell you how many people stop in their tracks and they're like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about it this way before. Well, that would make sense because most mm -hmm. people don't talk about it this way, right? Uh, but it right. gave, it took them out of that, that predictable spot where they thought that they knew, well, she's going to tell us we can't eat out. You know, she's going to tell us this. She, I didn't tell them anything. I asked them to just rate what they think is going on here. Okay. So that was how, that was all the questioning. Then when we had them reveal their responses, this is when I started taking notes. And I, again, I just drew a line down one side of the paper or down the middle, excuse me, and then put her on one side and him on the other. And I let them read back and forth. And then I fed back to them some of the patterns that I saw. I drew out of them some of the patterns that they saw. I watched their reactions to each other. I really, really, really highly, highly recommend that you do this either in person or on Zoom. I don't recommend you do this on the phone. It is so important for you to be able to see what people's reactions are because that's how you're going to get a whole bunch of information from them. Okay. So that's what we do. We wrote all of those things down and we made sure that they were seeing each other and I was seeing them. And so we could, I could give them honest to goodness feedback about what we were seeing. I already told you what their responses were for the 5,000, 5,000, 5,000. So I'm not going to rehash all of that for our listeners. I will tell you, um, like you had mentioned, like with the, the whole values thing, I'll tell you what some of the things are that they said. And, um, and then I, I'm going to tell you what they both said. So you, it's so, it was so cool to see how they didn't look at each other's papers, but these were so much in alignment. Um, one of them, the first one for them was God. The second one was each other. So the spouse, the third one for one wrote children. The other one wrote family. So again, very, very similar. Um, the fourth one was professional life for one community for the other. And then the fifth one was the ability to give to others. And in that parentheses, it was community. So it's very similar to his fourth one. And, um, and for the other one, for his fifth one, he wrote farm, uh, which when I dug a little bit deeper, we figured out that that was going to be like more along 
the lines of his new life, what he has in store for his new life. And we dug a little bit deeper and realized that that actually represented hope for him. So that those were the five values that each of them said. Now, after I had gone through uh, a list of other values and I, I asked them, you know, what have those stuck out for you? And for her, she picked out four, faith, growth, service, and integrity. And he picked out self-respect and authenticity. It was so neat to hear them put different words to things so that as their coach, I would know what is important to them. So when they overspend in a specific category, I don't have to do any shaming. I don't have to do any admonishing. I can just ask him, is this particular decision showing self-respect and or authenticity for you? Hmm. That's powerful. And I wouldn't have That's those really words. Good. And those words would mean nothing to her. But they mean something to him. Right. So that's one of the biggest ahas that came out of doing this with them. The other thing was that I had them after we had revealed, um, I didn't share any of this yet. After we had revealed what each other's things were, like what their um, own top priorities were, I had them list what did they think their spouse would have written. It was mm -hmm. incredible how well these two actually knew each other. So that was really, really neat. Um, some people, it's way off. Some people have the same priorities, but listed in completely different orders. And I remember one couple that I did this with, they, they had a lot of the same priorities. Like she, not that they had them together, but he listed his and then she listed what he, what she thought he would have written. Right. But when I asked her to rank them, the rank was very different and it was a very telling exercise because he realized that family was on that priority list, but they were number five based on how he spends mm -hmm. money, based on how he spends his time, based on how he, his demeanor with the family. And that really hit him because he was like, you know, I do everything that I do for my family, but because work is taking me away from that, I'm not actually living out those values. Right. And so, yeah, you have something to say. I was just, I was just going to say that I think that a lot of people, um, fall into that, mm -hmm. you know, and even sometimes myself, uh, you know, I, I work really hard and I put in a lot of long hours. Um, and you know, there's sometimes where my eight year old will be like, you know, I'll be like, Hey, I'm going back into the office. And she'll be like, Oh, again. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, again. And, you know, th those moments, they, they hit me because, like, you know, I tell myself that I'm doing this for my family, which I am. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever that happens, I get, like, a reality check. And I'm like, maybe I should slow down a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's good. it's good to get those moments. I agree. I agree. And I think as coaches, it's good for us to be able to get that, again, that verbiage, the vocabulary from them so that we can kind of get permission from them to gently point those things out. When things are not in alignment, they already feel it. So you're not even bringing up something that's new to them. 
but they might not realize that, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's not in alignment and that's why they're feeling the way they're feeling. So that's, mm-hmm. that's why this is so powerful. The last part of this values audit, which was probably the one part that took the longest, to be honest, was when I gave them different verbiage to think about when, with those different categories, the essentials, indulgences, making memories, paying it forward and legacy investments. And I think that the biggest reason that that was so difficult for them is because they have already been, I mean, they're, they're, this particular couple was about, I want to say in their fifties, maybe. So for many decades, they've had, they've had a language around which to talk about money and they're used to there being very, um, very specific categories. It's very easy to say, for example, that housing is an essential. Um, it's easy to say that, well, housing is housing, right? So, or transportation is transportation. It's, it's easy to put those into those categories. But when you talk about things like, um, like paying it forward, I actually am okay with, when I'm working with people, with things like wedding gifts being part of the pay it forward. Um, things like, you know, um, a new baby shower, stuff like that. Things that I've received in my lifetime as somebody who uh, has gotten married, as somebody who has had children and people's generosity has helped get me through those particular times. When I give a gift at a baby shower or give a gift at a wedding, I actually call that paying it forward. Now that doesn't mean it's a charity. I don't like write it off on my taxes or anything, but I want to make sure that I recognize that that is built into my plan. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. When, when somebody has, <laughs> excuse me, gift giving or, um, or what's the other one I was just thinking about, <laughs> Uh, gift getting versus charity. It's very easy to put those into those categories. But what if you want to pay it forward, but then, you know, um, you have $150 that you're able to do that, but you go out and do this extravagant gift of $300. Technically that would fall under a gift, but is it really paying it forward at this point? Or is it, is it something else? So because of some of those overlaps that happen, I think, I think it's one of those things where people are like, Oh, but which one does it go into? I'm like, don't overthink this. (laughs) If you overthink it, you'll drive yourself crazy. This is not a way to, you know, assign every dollar. It's it's a little bit of a different thing. This is just to get an overall, overall idea of how much balance there is in your budget, how much balance there is in your plan moving forward so that we can see, does it align with your actual values? And so I encourage people to throw color to these. Um, I have certain colors that I use, but, you know, obviously your clients can use different colors and you just want them to be able to see how much, what percentage do they have for these essentials or these indulgences? I will tell you, Cody, that I'm sure this doesn't surprise you at all. They told me that um, they believe currently that they have 5% for indulgences and they told me that they would like to have none, like 0%. Really? Yeah. And wow, yeah, I mean, you, those of you who are not seeing us on YouTube, I've got a funny look on my face right now because I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you would want zero indulgences. I don't believe that at all. What I found out though, is that it's because of their old thinking that 
there's needs and wants and that we should not want any wants and we should be fine without them. And we should always be content with just the needs. And that's what was playing for them over and over and over. And so they had a hard time even saying, yeah, I wouldn't mind an indulgence now and then. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, most of what we do is indulgences. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like I hate to break it to them, but you know, like even the home that they live in, it was a bit of an indulgence, but because it fell under home, they're able to say, well, that was an essential, right? It's like, let's right. just be honest with ourselves and recognize that there needs to be some indulgence in there. That's okay for there to be indulgence in there. And let's just make sure that we keep that in balance with everything else. How much orange are you seeing here? Whatever color you make it. I think mine is actually pink for indulgences. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of the whole purpose of that. And it was really neat for them to say, I asked them to tell me what would they like to see? What percentage would they like to see happening? And he had the hardest time of saying, he would always say, are you asking me what I want or what I think is possible? Mm. Now when... That's a big, that's a big, big difference. Yes, it is. And yet I'm not surprised to have heard it the first time. That makes sense that Simba would ask, but it was very telling that he was so stuck there. He asked it three or four times. Remind me, are you asking me what I want or what I think is possible? And I finally had to say, his name is John. I finally said, John, I said, I actually think that both of those can be the same number. They're just not going to be the same number right away. So when I, and I believe this for, for anybody who's listening today, when you're talking to your clients, what they want and what is possible are the same. It's just a matter of how much time they're willing to give it in between. How much time, how much effort, (laughs) how much willingness to change are they going to do? And then those two numbers really can be the same. So Mm -hmm. just to help him get stuck out of his head, I said, why don't you just tell me what you think is possible? And we'll start right there. And so now we have numbers to look at. We have, uh, they're going to go and they're going to start looking at their statements and they're going to start highlighting them according to these different categories. So we can see this will be like the values audit point two, right? It's going to be like the second part of it. Now let's see where you are. Here's where we know you want to be. Let's see where you currently are. And then we can see how do we get there? How do we close that gap? Yeah, I do have a question. Um, I think that this would be a question that probably someone listening to this might ask. Um, But, you know, say that you were to do this exercise with people. When would you suggest in your coaching relationship that you do this? Would it be in the beginning, sometime in the middle, at the end? I personally have done a form of this with my people at the beginning, even before I wanted to like turn it into something that either could be deliverable or uh, something that is more um, specific. I have always done some form of this in the beginning because I just believe that if I don't know what their values are, then their numbers just don't matter. Uh, It's just a personal belief, but that's why I would do it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I, I would agree. I think that, you know, it would be tough if you were to skip this conversation, you know, go through their expenses together, work up some sort of budget for them, 
And then like three months later, four months later, you're like, Hey, I want to talk about this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it could be totally different than what they had been working on for the last three months. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and then you got to have to like backtrack and you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think that doing it in the beginning, um, whether it be, you know, the first meeting you have, the second meeting you have, the third meeting you have, whatever, I do think that that would be beneficial as, as a, as a compared to later on. I agree. So. And having said that though, if anyone's listening, you've already been three, four, five months into a coaching relationship with somebody. I still think that that's okay to do this. I don't want anyone to feel like, Oh, I missed the mark. You know, now I can't do it with these individuals. I would actually say, especially because of what you just said, you just said, if you do this, it could be totally different than the budget you've already worked up with them. And I'm going to say out loud that if that is the case, if that truly is the case, if you believe that doing this, all of a sudden you're going to see that their budget is not in alignment with their values, then that's absolutely why you should do this with them right now. It's okay for you to take a step back and say, you know what? Time out. I was working on this, this plan (laughs) and I I had this pre prescribed idea of what this looks like. I'm realizing that it's not you. And I want to make sure that this looks like you. And here's the thing, you guys, we, we really like results for our clients. I, I totally get that. We also like sustainability for them. And we might get some really fantastic, fan, uh, what like big is the word I'm looking for, really fantastic big results right out the gate with them if we're doing something that's just like totally off base with them. But is it sustainable? If it doesn't look and feel like them, eventually they're going to get that sense and they're going to go, I can't just keep doing this. And the long-term results are not going to be there. Now that might seem like mm-hmm. no big deal if you're like, well, but we got them those first results and then, and then it's just them not continuing on. It's like, well, that's not entirely fair because we didn't set them up for success in that way. So, uh, so yes, mm-hmm. if you are doing this or if you think that doing this will, will give you some uncomfortable results <laughs> and create some uncomfortable conversation, I say that that's probably when it's most important. Yeah. I would agree. Definitely. Well, thank you, Maria, for unpacking that. Um, I think that that is a super, super helpful exercise to do. Um, and it's one that I actually plan on stealing Yay. myself. Um, <laughs> I steal so much know, from you. So I'm happy that you can steal something. Yeah. From me. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you're explaining it, I was just like, yeah, like this is really, really good. And, and what I like about it is that you had them write it down on separate pieces of paper and they weren't influenced mm-hmm by each other. I think that that's like a really important piece to that puzzle. Um, so, you know, anyone listening that wants to steal it, go for it. Um, cause I think that it's going to bring you a lot of really good results, uh, for your clients and also, you know, your, your feedback from your clients too. Yeah. You know, I feel like if there's a client that works with you and, and they have this experience, um, with you, now, I can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me that they're shocked that, you know, there's someone out there that deals with helping people with their money and they don't want to make things super restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I feel like that's a game changer for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to be that, 
that different style of person uh, that kind of sets you aside from a lot of people in this industry, people notice and people actually like to talk about that kind of stuff with their friends, with their family. And once word gets out, then that just multiplies. So this is a very powerful, uh, very powerful exercise to do, not only for your clients, but also for you as a coach. I agree. And the last thing I'll say on there, Cody, is that one of the follow-up pieces that I did for these individuals is any notes that I took, I took pictures of that and then I immediately sent that to them. I want them to have that. I didn't ever want them to feel like they needed to take notes on that, um, but I want them to be able to see the side-by-side. And that also gives me a point of reference later on for for me to grab that vocabulary and it gives them that remembering, that remembering, like that's a word, right, Maria? Um, it gives them the reminder that <laughs> that they gave me those words, that those were actually their values, their words. And so that now I have actually earned the, the um, permission to use that with them. So do follow up with them, send it to them, let them have that uh, in front of them for future reference, whether you end up working with them or not. I think it's a really good exercise for them to have gone through. So thank you for letting me share that with you today. Absolutely. And thank you guys, as always, for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and as always, we're going to be back next Monday. Uh, you know, maybe today's Wednesday and you're listening to the show. But <laughs> heads up, new episode coming Monday. Coming in hot. So make sure you're there. Make sure you listen. And uh, like I said at the top of the, of the podcast, uh, we would really appreciate it if you could do a review or a rating or join the Facebook group. Um, those are all the things that we see that, uh, we really appreciate and also that we, uh, are able to connect with you too. So thank you guys. You guys have a great day and we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to the financial coaches podcast brought to you by new money habits and Sizemore financial coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.